Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. I'm going to start as, uh, as I open up my Bible with a dream I had last night. It was very short and I believe it was from God. I'm just going to start off here with one dream and then I'll end with another dream I got a week ago. Very brief dreams, both of them. Last night I heard the Word of God. It was His voice saying something so simple and it was this. Time is running out. Time is running out. That's all I heard. Time is running out. I struggled to sleep last night, but I heard that. Time is running out. I attached to that feeling, this isn't what God said, but this is what I felt attached to that word. We've got to get cracking. We have got to get moving. Time is running out. So as we open up our Bibles today, let's consider what God is saying to the church, but consider that for yourself as well. There is a window of grace that God grants to us. And we all have to wrestle with the truth that time is running out. It's a reality, it's a fact, but I felt that this word for the now was that time is running out. You might see yourself as an 82-year-old person, and to you, time running out is different To a 22-year-old person, I'm here to tell you, friends, you do not know when your number is up. You do not know when Jesus is coming back either. He's coming back and he's coming back real soon. How soon? Real soon, I'm telling you. Sooner today than yesterday. Well, he's been saying that for thousands of years. Yes, and we're supposed to live with an anticipation and an expectation of his return. But the world lulls us into a false sense of security and distraction and tricks us and says, yeah, but what about your nest egg and your super? I believe in nest eggs and supers. I've got one. But that can go in a moment as we see the the, the markets change everything. Money comes and goes. People come and go. We don't know how long we've got each other for. Let's not take one another for granted. Time is running out there. Your health, you don't know how long you might be healthy for. The capacities, the abilities that we all have now, perhaps, we don't know. Let's not take that for granted. I'm not looking for problems here. I just don't want to take things for granted. We have a window of grace. Time is running out. May he who has ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Matthew chapter 19 is where we're going to turn today. Can I say the whole of Matthew 19 is an incredible chapter. I encourage each and every one of you, read the whole thing. It's an important chapter. I'm passionate about this chapter. Have been for 20 years or so. But I want to spend time on Matthew 19 verse 16 through. And I'm going to stop at around about verse 26. I also felt I heard something to share this morning. This is a season where in the realm of faith we are called to not let up, not give up, not give in. 
In the realm, when it comes to faith, church, in this season, like no other, where you might feel disheartened, where you might be distracted, you might be depressed, you might feel as though you're in a state of despair. When it comes to faith and dependence on Him, do not let up, do not give up, and do not give in. And for those of us, as the psalmist says, who have sowed in tears... They will reap in joy. Matthew 19, 16, it says, Behold, a man came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, well, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, but what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, well, if you would be perfect or mature or complete, Jesus is saying, go, sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then... Come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had great possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and he said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I haven't got a lot of time to really treat that whole text. But in summary, there was a man who was trying to do the right thing. He had the, the heart to do the right thing. <clears throat> he wanted eternal life. And so he asked the question of Jesus, What must I do? What do I do to be saved? We all know that, that we cannot be saved by what we do, but Jesus met the man where he was at thinking, okay, here is a moralist, someone perhaps that is a legalist thinking that you can be saved by what you do. All right, let me deal at this level. Well, you, you know what you're supposed to do, Jesus. And he, Jesus says, he lays out a couple of commands and the man says, well, hang on, I've done all of those things. Jesus then knows this about this rich young ruler we know he's rich and, and he's young we also see in mark chapter 10 the same story we also see in luke chapter 18 the same story it gives us other clues about a bigger picture jesus goes straight to the heart says this is what you've got to do take what you've got sell it and give it away the man was sad Mark's account tells us Jesus looked at him lovingly. He looked at him and he loved him. And in saying that and directing those words to him, he loved him as he spoke truth to him. Sometimes the Lord Jesus is going to speak truths to you that he knows is going to hurt you, but he does it lovingly. We are presented with the call to respond. 
Will we do as he challenges or will we walk away? And here I love the security of Jesus. He lets him walk. He lets him walk. The love of God is not a controlling love. He will give you free will. And what is he saying to you? What is he showing to you? Perhaps it's about the future. Perhaps it's about the now. Perhaps it's about the past. He's showing something. He's speaking something. He's revealing something. But how will we respond? As he looks at us lovingly, as he speaks to us and he speaks to the heart. And he says, now is the time. You've got to let that go. You've got to deal with it. And then come follow me. The man was sad. He walked away. The disciples were there. They're having a conversation. This is where we really want to land. Jesus says, how difficult it is for rich people to inherit eternal life, to be saved, to be born again. Not impossible because with God, all things are possible. But can I submit, friends, that um, it's not just a rich young ruler that Jesus applies this truth to, it's us. Because we are rich. We are wealthy. It's not impossible to be saved. Look at wealthy people like Zacchaeus or Joseph of Arimathea. They were wealthy people that knew God. What about Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? They were wealthy. With God, all things are possible. But it's difficult. And perhaps our wealth and our possessions are holding us back. The world keeps telling us, you need more. Says who? Who sold us that lie? God is not opposed to blessing, to giving, to entrusting. He does these things. But sometimes it can be more of a curse than it is a blessing. As we take our eyes off the giver and we focus on the gift itself. Jesus says to us, with man it's impossible. With man it's impossible. If you're writing notes, write this down, please. Take your eyes off man. With man, this is impossible. Verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. So may we take our eyes off man. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 22, in the New Living Translation, thanks, Dr. Wesley, it says, Don't put your trust in mere humans. They are as frail as breath. What are they? And we can celebrate that in this room, but we can go home and still do that. What do you mean? If the propaganda box is causing you to fear, turn it off. Well, but Carl Stefanovic and David Koshy says, if that's, if that's bringing fear into you, turn it off. Don't put your trust in people or their opinions. If your social media app is distracting you, delete it. Did, is this, did this get muted at that moment? I just want to check. I just, if it's distracting you, delete the app. I had to delete the app. I don't, have, I don't have the app. I have to manually log on to get all your messages that you send me. And I've got too many of them. I'm sorry if I haven't responded to you. I don't have the Messenger app. I don't have the Facebook app. If it's a distraction, get rid of it. If you have friends that are pulling you away from Jesus, 
weigh the cost and make the call. If you have friends that are pulling you away from Jesus, do something about it. We become a product of our environments, brothers and sisters, and bad company corrupts good character. Are we still friends? May we take our eyes off of man. 2 Corinthians 2, we read that Paul, as he's writing, he says, look, I didn't come to you in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, watch this, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Take your eyes off man in this season, church. Take your eyes. And point number two, very, very simple today. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes it's the most simple of truths that we forget about. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Let me say something that might sound counterintuitive to our very service that we're hosting, but don't put your eyes on church. Don't put your eyes on a preacher. Put your eyes on Jesus. Fix it on Jesus. I tell this to my girls often. I say, girls, listen to me. I know you're listening to what I'm saying, but if I ever or anyone else ever says anything that is opposed to what this book says, you must follow this book. This is God's word. And in him, it's not just words. It's a revelation of Jesus himself. Every single book in this holy book points to Jesus. I don't want to read this and miss him in the process. I don't want to come to services and miss him in the process. I don't even want to pray and miss Jesus in the process. It's possible to miss Jesus in those wonderful things. Hebrews 12 verse 1 and 2. We all know this one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Watch this. Looking to Jesus, baby. NLT says we do this by fixing our eyes on Jesus. The founder and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him enjoyed the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author and the completer or the perfecter. So we are called to have faith in God. Mark 10 has the account of the rich young ruler. And that sandwich between Mark 9 and Mark 11, Mark 11, Jesus says, have faith in God. Not people, not men. He says, have faith in God. Jesus says that. Have faith in God. And he talks about the mountain being lifted up and thrown into the sea. That's Mark 11. Have faith in God. Nothing's impossible to those that believe. Mark chapter 9, we see this, this man with, an, with a son and an, has an unclean spirit. And uh, Jesus speaks to him about what's possible. And the, the man says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He held a tension between believing and unbelieving at the same time. So we need him to help us in our lack of faith. If you're lacking faith in your heart or in your life, ask him for it. There's only one person that has complete faith. Who's that? Jesus. There is only one perfect man that ever existed and still rules and reigns that has 
Complete, perfect faith. So when we are in lack, we rest in His faith. And we can only get that by fixing our eyes on Jesus. What's God saying to you in this season? Believe again, friends. Don't have faith in man. Don't have faith in yourself. Don't even have faith in faith. Don't don't just have faith in faith. Have faith in God. You're in this room, every single one of you seated as I am uh, in this room. And we have something that, that we, we want or even need God to intervene in. Do you know the greatest joy out of seeing a miracle is not seeing the miracle itself. The greatest joy is seeing Him. And God in His sovereignty and in His grace, He allows our vulnerabilities, our frailties, our fragilities, our trials and tribulations. He allows those things to act as a means to get Him as a reward. The miracle is not the end. Jesus is. Jesus is my reward. Jesus is my hope. We get Him as we trust. We get Him as we have faith. We get Him as we believe. And I don't know where you sit in terms of your theology right now. But I trust Him and I believe in Him because of who He is, not what He's going to give me. Or how he might heal me or set me free. (laughs) Are you still with me? So let's not make faith about us. Oh, but with faith, all things are possible. I want my business to double this year in revenue. I want to be able to walk again. These are all good things. God could call for us to believe in those things and apply our hearts and our trust for those things. God often speaks to us about those miracles. But that's the lesser miracle. The greater miracle is we get Him. We get a greater dependence and reliance on Him. So let's not use Him as a means to get that outcome. In uh, verse... Twenty-six. it says with God all things are possible that's why we look to him it's with God it's not all things are possible not when you've got enough money all things are possible and not when you marry the right person all things are possible not it's not just about going to the right church or getting the right job or living in the right house or having a certain amount of children or it's not about those things it's in God it's with God all things are possible all things not some things. The Bible, Jesus says all things. So final point is this. Never underestimate God. Never underestimate God. Perhaps this morning you may need to repent from small-minded thinking. Becoming too familiar with God. Not realizing that God is holy, He is able, He is supernatural. Pastor Allison sent me through this scripture this week that I I think rings true to what I was feeling to share today. Acts 9.31, it says, So the church 
throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. Watch this. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I wonder if we become too familiar with God and forget that He is able and He is willing to intervene. But we try to pigeonhole Him. Ephesians 3 verse 20 and 21, thanks. It says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Next verse, thank you. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Can we go to the verse before again? Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. He can do more than we ask or think, which means that your petition and your imagination is just the beginning of what God can do. Believe again, church. May we take our eyes off man, fix it on Jesus, and never underestimate God. What is he calling for you to trust him in again? With man, it's, Im it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. See, I, I can't keep my eyes, I can't be distracted by here. I've got to fix my eyes on Jesus because I don't care what you're saying, you're doing, how that's working, it's only so if he says so. And that's where my reality has got to continually go. It's on you, Lord. What do you believe in God for? Believe again in this season. Believe again. There are people all across this room that uh, have amazing God stories. How many people, you could put your hand up if you know God came through for me in this. I know that I, that had to be God. A, a situation where with man it's, it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. All across this room. What we did was we contacted a handful of people this week to just send through some very short videos of what God has done. Do you want to see them? Let's turn our attention to the screen. We'll just go for a couple of minutes and be encouraged, church. My name is Pirio and I was diagnosed with that MS over 40 years ago and later on then about 30 years ago God healed me and that's me and so even today everything is possible with God. My name is Isaac and I was admitted in the hospital. I went through this operation but still no help. But through prayer and faith I'm healed and perfectly fine. All things are possible with God. My name's Bill. Five years ago, I had a terrible diagnosis of prostate cancer, two malignant tumors. I was advised to get radiation therapy, but God had another plan. Two years later, an MRI scan showed no tumors. They had disappeared. With God, all things are possible. Hi, my name is Mel. In 2021, my marriage fell down around me and we separated. I prayed and reflected a lot, 
God gave me the word reconcile, so despite things going from bad to worse, I chose to trust and believe. Learning a little about spiritual warfare, I spent three nights intently praying. The very next day, my hobby called me saying he wanted us to try again. Hi, Rainer here. I was sacked from my job as a hospital medical scientist over my concerns about the vaccine and the mandate. I was told that I'd been blacklisted and could not reapply for any jobs until I complied. Well, 13 months later, the government lifted that condition. It was a job opening and I successfully applied and got my old job back. And as an added bonus, there was no probation and I resumed and the pay level from when I left off. With God, all things are possible. Hi, what's your name? Shane. I'm Shane. I'm Hazel. And this is Bonnie. This is Bonnie. These are miracle babies. Uh, we had trouble conceiving a number of years ago, um, but here we are standing with our beautiful little family and our beautiful little girls. So we just want to encourage you and say, with, With God, God, all, all things, things are, are possible. possible. So many stories that mean different things to different people. Whether it be a little or a lot, you need to know God is so very much interested in your life. And he wants to show off. You know that, don't you? Why? So that he gets the glory. We read that in Ephesians 3.21. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. You know, this whole passage, though, it really does come down to someone's ability to be saved. Because the greatest miracle of them all is when someone is born again. That's, that's, the true, when, that's the true context. When someone is born again, that's better than anything. Anything else. Anything else. You can't argue with that. Only God can reveal God. And only His Spirit can bring a dead person to life. God is calling for each and every one of us to minister out of that reality. I've got a bottle of salt. Sacks of salt. We are the salt, aren't we? It's no good if I don't use it. I, I wonder if, if sometimes a church building can be like a, a salt container and we just stay in this container and we don't get out. It's time for the salt to get out of the salt shaker. Otherwise, no one's going to appreciate the flavor. No one's going to appreciate the preserving or the cleaning. <laughs> Someone's going to appreciate the cleaning. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 4. And this was the second dream that I had just this last week. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to pray. This is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. In the dream, I saw myself saying this to the church today. I believe this is the Holy Spirit. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to, verse 12, very important, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
the building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children. Any spiritual babies in the room refusing to grow up? Oh, sorry, I better be nice again. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Here's the bit I felt Holy Spirit wanted us to to finish with we are here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry because the work of the ministry doesn't start and stop here the work of the ministry is out those doors and one of my roles is to equip you we have elders and leaders we have pastors our role is to not know Jesus for you it's to not serve for you. It's to equip you. And we are an equipping church. Reaching, raising, and releasing. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.